Welcome in, everyone, to another Top 5 Fantasy Football Takeaways from Week 13 plus Dynasty Fantasy Football content. Let's jump into take number one. It's not really a take per se, but this was the saddest part of Week 13 because Tank Dell is out for the season with a fractured fibula. He should be ready to go for 2024, but he's going to miss the rest of this year. He got injured on that goal line run package. Honestly, I'm not really sure why he was blocking on it, but it is what it is. He had no targets this week. So he finishes his rookie year with 47 catches on 75 targets for 709 yards and seven touchdowns. Pretty solid year. And to give you an idea, if we exclude this last game where he didn't have any targets, he's averaging 4.7 receptions, 70.9 yards a game, which paces for 80 catches and 1,205 yards across a full season. So solid numbers. In Dynasty, I still love Tank Dell. He's a high-end asset, but this injury prevents his ascension into the top, top tier. The best case scenario is that the Texans add nobody, and they still have Tank Dell and Nico Collins as their top two, and then the whatever committee of Woods, Brown, Mechie, you know, behind them. That's not what's going to happen. They have an extreme amount of cap space. They have draft capital. They are going to add someone better than Robert Woods, Noah Brown, or John Mechie as their whatever you want to call it. Best case scenario is kind of someone like T. Higgins. You know, they could add someone in the draft. But either way, there's going to be more competition, not less. I'm a little more worried about Nico Collins' long-term value than Dell's. But it's important to note, Dell was a much older rookie. He turns 25 next October. So it's not like he's a 21-year-old player. Again, I still love Tank Dell. But he's not a top 10 dynasty wide receiver or even top 15 for me. He's more in that 15 to 20 range after this injury. The other side of this is now what happens this year. Nico Collins stepped up big time. He had nine catches for 191 yards and a touchdown on 12 targets, like two thirds of Stroud, CJ Stroud's production. Brevin Jordan was the only other player who did much of anything. Three for 64 on four targets with Dalton Schultz out. Noah Brown played 81% of snaps, goose egg on two targets. Robert Woods, not targeted at all. John Mechie, one for nine on three targets. I'm very curious what happens without Tank Dell. Given those snap counts, my guess is that Noah Brown becomes the second starter alongside Nico Collins, and then Woods and Mechie kind of rotate in. But we're going to have to see how much Brevin Jordan gets involved. I mentioned Brevin Jordan on the Sleepers episode. Now he's an absolute must-pickup. So just another thing to keep in mind with the Texans. Overall, it's mostly just kind of a sad situation with Tank Dell out for the year. Next one, Derrick Henry left the game and Tajay Spears stepped up. Henry was excellent before going out uh, into concussion protocol. Probably means he'll miss week 14. Henry had 21 carries for 102 yards and two touchdowns and a catch for 18 yards despite only playing 40% of the snaps before he went out. Tajay Spears played every single running back touch after Henry went out. 16 carries for 75 yards, four catches for 13. He proved he can handle the workload, which I love. And because of his receiving skills, if Spears becomes the starter, he has the potential to be an RB1 for fantasy. No other running backs are really going to get mixed in. They don't have anyone else. However, in Dynasty, I do not think that Tajay Spears is going to be someone who can be a workhorse across a whole season. He's always going to be in a committee. So if this is your opportunity where you can get a first-round pick for Tajay Spears in 2024, I would still take it. But that's what I would need to sell Tajay Spears. 
Um, especially since the Titans offense is not my favorite offense long-term, which kind of hurts his value a little bit. Speaking of dynasty, Trey McBride, he is a high-end dynasty tight end, and there's no doubt about it. Eight receptions, 89 yards, and a touchdown on nine targets, 96% snap share. He is the number one weapon of what they have now. Hollywood Brown went out again with another heel injury. He had a goose egg. Rondell Moore had one catch. He did have the touchdown taken away, but he was not super involved. 54% of snaps. Greg Dortch actually led wide receivers in snaps. He didn't really do much. The offense is missing Michael Wilson. But I still think Trey McBride right now is their one. And then Hollywood Brown would be two and Michael Wilson would be three in the current pecking order. Of course, they have a high draft pick. I don't think they need a quarterback. Marvin Harrison Jr. is likely to be here. But I'm not scared that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to ruin it for Trey McBride because he's proven that he can be the one of their current weapons, so he would be the two in that situation. He's doing stuff in Dynasty that TJ Hawkinson didn't do until year four. Uh, So if you rank, for me, Sam Laporta, still tight end one. Dalton Kincaid in Dynasty, I still have him tight end two. But Trey McBride, you know, I'm fine having him at Dynasty tight end three. I certainly have him ahead of Mark Andrews for the age gap. I really think the decision is between McBride and TJ Hawkinson at 10 and three and four. And because Justin Jefferson is in Minnesota and crushes the upside of everyone else, I would lean toward Trey McBride uh, over TJ Hawkinson, especially the two years of youth. So yeah, high end dynasty tight end Trey McBride. Number four, another dynasty kind of takeaway. This time a running back. Devon Chain is back and completely healthy. He had 17 carries for 73 yards and two touchdowns, three receptions for 30 yards. He played 61% of snaps. Even when the game was out of hand, he was still out there. So he was completely healthy. There were no limitations on his workload. Raheem Mostert was also good. 11 carries for 43 yards and a touchdown, one catch for eight. But he only played 38% of snaps. Moving forward, I think you can start both running backs especially since Jeff Wilson only got in in garbage time. When the game was competitive, only Achan and Mostert played. I would lean Achan or Achan, however you want to pronounce it, is better. But Mostert is startable too. So probably like RB10 and RB19 to 20 for Mostert, 10 for Achan. And I fully believe that this is what we're going to see from him going forward. And that Achan is a high-end dynasty running back of which there are only seven. Bijan Robinson, Brees Hall, Jameer Gibbs, Jonathan Taylor, CMC, the only old one in there, Travis Etienne, and Achan. He's the, those are the seven. Where I would rank him, probably six ahead of Etienne, but behind the others. Uh, but in Dynasty, he's a high-end running back asset, and I'm willing to spend an early pick on him. Although, given that I don't usually like the running backs in that range, probably not going to have much of him in offseason startups. You know, I hate to end on a negative note in the takeaways, but Austin Eckler is totally finished. Totally finished. 14 carries for 18 yards. Only played 57% of snaps. He was taken off the field for Joshua Kelly even even, even more. And Joshua Kelly is bad. So that's not good. Eckler is averaging 3.5 yards a carry this year. Just 3.4 catches a game. The fantasy numbers are not there. The real-life numbers are not there. He's a career high in rushing attempts per game, which is leading to nothing. He's not a weekly RB1 anymore. 
And if you told me in a year that Austin Eckler is viewed how Dalvin Cook is right now, I would not be surprised. He has no contract beyond 2023. No teams were interested in trading for him last offseason. His dynasty value is totally shot. I guess he could sign somewhere and have some value, but he will not get signed unless he realizes that he is a platoon receiving back on a small level contract. If he continues to demand big money, he will stay on the market until he no longer demands big money because he's not going to get more than $5 million a year on a one-year deal. So that, that's just the reality of where we are with Austin Eckler. Totally finished to me. He just doesn't exist in Dynasty. I'm not buying him to try to win in the playoffs. I can't trust him. I am done with Austin Eckler. Now, if you like these takeaways, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Of course, I also have the Patreon questions. You can sign up for the Patreon by clicking on the link in the top right corner of the video. And only patrons get to ask advanced questions for the show. I have a few here. So let's jump straight into the first one. Has Jamison Williams' role expanded? Is he an avoid in Dynasty? Uh, not really. He had one carry and one catch. So I'm going to say no that to the role expanding. Is he an avoid? I mean, the talent's there. Is it possible he could be the year three breakout? Yes. Is it likely? No. I don't think that the Lions are going to bring in a like major receiver, like a first-round pick. So I do think he'll have another opportunity. But he's kind of depends on the cost. Like, if I can get him for a late second, one late second, or an early third, maybe, but probably not. Can't get him for that. So in that case, probably an avoid. Is Deontay Johnson a sell ASAP in Dynasty? Or should we hold and hope he will be better? Oh, Deontay Johnson is a hold. There's nothing wrong with Deontay Johnson. The offense is broken. And I think at this point, you're not going to get a first for Deontay Johnson. I probably can't sell him for one second. So I'll just take the rest of Deontay Johnson's career. He's still a talented player. There's nothing wrong with Deontay Johnson. Maybe his attitude. That's that's, I can't say too much about that, but Deontay Johnson, the player, there's nothing wrong with him. So he's a hold for me. We talked about Tank Dell a little bit, and this question is asking if there's any worries about Tank Dell's injury for next season. I'm going to say no, because everyone says, from what I was reading, that this uh, broken fibula will heal by like April. So I have April, May. I have no concerns for him for next season about the injury. Now, if they sign someone like T. Higgins, I have some concerns about the volume, but C.J. Stroud is so great that I'm not going to fade Tank Dell no matter who they sign. Um, Nico Collins would be the one I would fade more. So injury-wise, no worries about Tank Dell. If you're a strong tender, uh, speaking of Tank Dell, if you're a strong contender with Tank Dell, how much would you be willing to pay on top of him, if anything, to get Nico Collins? Um, in Dynasty, I would lean even, I think Nico Collins is actually younger than Tank Dell. But I would lean that the player who became elite, not elite, but like amazing in year one is probably better than the player that took until year three to do much of anything. So I would lean that Tank Dell is worth more. However, Nico Collins is a league winner. He's going to be at worst a high-end wide receiver two rest of the way, probably a wide receiver one. I would rather make it straight up. If I had to add a third to Dell, I would do it. Adding a second to Dell is too much. Are there any wide receivers you would target in trades for the playoffs based on their matchups and or potential availability? So in terms of guys to target for the playoffs, it has to be someone that's like relatively cheap, but you know, you can, Deontay Johnson was one, you know, that you can get. DeAndre Hopkins has been decent. If you're desperate, he's not going to be too expensive. 
Uh, th- those are a couple of guys I had in mind. Um, Deontay Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, maybe if people are forgetting about Zay Flowers, but he's going to be, I'm sure, still really expensive. Um, yeah, th- those are a few. I don't really worry about matchup for wide receiver uh, all that much because it's hard to predict what the coverage is going to be. Curtis Samuel's another one. Not really matchup-based, but he's been consistently used and he's cheap. So there's a few names. Has Laporta solidified himself, Sam Laporta, as the tight end one with his recent big games, or is there anyone close to him still? So, yes, Sam Laporta is my dynasty tight end one. It's not that close. I have Dalton Kincaid at tight end two. I would still say Dalton Kincaid is closer to Sam Laporta at tight end one than he is to Trey McBride at tight end three. So, Dalton Kincaid is the only one that I have close to Sam Laporta right now, just because Sam Laporta just kind of reminds me of a younger Travis Kelsey. The receiving skills are there. We're talking about someone who broke out even earlier. I just think that this is exactly what you want. And it happened in the rookie year, which is always what I'm looking for. And I just think it's sustainable. So he's the tight end one for me. Dalton Kincaid a little bit behind, but, but it is a gap. Last one. Is Josh Downs someone to sell or hold and why? Josh Downs is like killing me because I know that Josh Downs is a good player. I think it's very obvious. The talent is so there. And I don't want to dismiss someone where the talent is there. He had third round draft capital. I don't want to dismiss him. But I just know that in the Anthony Richardson offense, if Michael Pittman is re-signed, and believe me, he will be, there's not going to be room for Josh Downs to be anything more than a wide receiver three at best. It's just not possible. Anthony Richardson is going to run. He's not going to support two high-end wide receivers. It just can't happen. So I wish Josh Downs had gone to a different team, especially if Alec Pierce is going to get involved like he did this week. That's even worse. So for those reasons, I don't know if other people are thinking this way. I like the talent, so I'm going to say more of a hold than a sell because I don't think you can get that much. I appreciate everyone for watching. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, make sure to sign up for the Patreon at patreon.com slash fantasyadvice. Every week, check out the live show at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays. And until next time, I'll see you all later. Peace out.